I will never forget being at Whispering Pines uh, in camp, uh, at camp, the first time that um, Joseph Connor led us and uh, let your spirit fall. I, I mean, I just, I'll never forget that moment. What a beautiful song. I got the name right, didn't I? Let your spirit come. Yeah, beautiful song. Thank you. Thank you for the song selection in general. It's good to be with you. In 1991, Robin Williams played and starred in probably one of my favorite movies of all time. He starred in a movie called Hook. And Hook is this story about Peter Pan. But in this story, Peter Pan is a little different, right? Peter Pan, the boy who never wanted to grow up, is now married with two kids of his own. He's middle-aged, he's unimaginative, and he's a workaholic. And he has forgotten who he is. He's forgotten who he is. His nemesis, Captain Hook, kidnaps his two children and takes them back to Neverland, luring Peter Pan back to Neverland where he is going to have to face off with Captain Hook one more time in order to get his children back. However, he's a little out of shape, right? He's a little out of shape. And so the lost boys have to spend some time getting him back into shape. And as they do so, Peter is beginning to remember who he is. And one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is one of the lost boys. Peter's now on his knees, if I remember correctly. And one of the lost boys is standing there massaging his face. And he massages his face into a smile. And the little boy says, Oh, there you are, Peter. You know, sometimes we forget who we are. Pray with me if you don't mind. Father God, thank you so much for our time together today. Father, I ask that you be with us as we step into your word this morning. As we reflect on a covenant that was made many, many thousands of years ago. In fact, beyond thousands of years ago, Father, things that we can't even fathom. Father, as we navigate life, there are times that we, as a people, that we as individuals forget. And we need to be reminded, but God, we forget who we are. We forget what we're about. We forget what we've been invited into, and we, we forget who we've become and who God is shaping us to be. So, Father, be with us this morning as we think a little bit and reflect a little bit about what it means to remember. Thank you for our time together. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. You know, all throughout Scripture, um, we find people who have made themselves available to God. And so this first slide reflects uh, Leslie's conversation last week. And um, here's the question. It says, in what ways are we making ourselves available to God? That's the question that Leslie ended with last week. In other words, in what ways are you and I in this current season of our life, whatever that may look like for you and for me, making myself and you making yourself available to God in his ongoing work in this world? 
Listen to Genesis 17, 1 through 8. This is the text that Leslie was referring to last week, and it's the story of God initiating his covenant with Abraham. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between you and me, me and you, and, and, gra- and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come to you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your ancestors after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. Mm. And I will be their God. However, what we find all throughout Scripture is God's covenant people, Israel, forgetting that they were a people of a promise. So fast forward to the book of Exodus, where William and I will be this morning, and we find Israel in Egypt. They've been in captivity for almost 430 years, and they have forgotten the promise that's been made. And in many ways, as I just mentioned, they have forgotten who they are. They're soon to be released from captivity, and soon they'll make their way to Mount Sinai, where God is going to remind them who they are. But for now, they are desperate. They are discouraged, and they are in despair, and they are crying out to God in their condition. Listen to Exodus 23 through 25. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Out of the slavery, their cry for help rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and God remembered. His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God looked upon the Israelites and took notice of them. So, the people of God have forgotten, but God remembers. And God takes notice, right? God takes notice. He notices the Israelites. He notices their despair. He notices their desperation. And that is where we are here in this story. The Israelites, they're groaning, they're complaining, they're crying out to God because they are in despair. So hold that thought for just a moment. And, and, And let's turn our minds to something else real quick. You know, for the first time in a long time, many of us were able to gather around the table with our family members and our friends this holiday. Can you imagine what it would have been like? Just take a moment to imagine what it could have, would have been like for Moses to sit around a fire or a table with his grandchildren outside of captivity and remember what this would have been like. What, were the grandkids saying, what was it like in the time of Egypt? What was it like to go up against Pharaoh? What was it like to, for you to throw down your rod and it turned into a snake? What was it like to go through the plagues? What was it like to lead the people across the Red Sea? What was it like to 
wander in the wilderness and providing for these people, all of these people day after day. And I just imagine what Moses' response is going to be. <laughs> yes, that's part of the story, right? That's, that's part of the story. You're, you're on to something. But that's not everything. That is not all of the story. And you so see, you have Moses and you have his grandchildren. And he's in a moment where he has to say, it wasn't me. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you where this story began. You see, I've made mistakes. In fact, I was, I was living in Egypt. I was living under Pharaoh's house, and I killed a guy. <laughs> it wasn't right, but I murdered him for what they were doing to the Israelites, so I ran, and I ran far. And so one day, I was out in the desert, and I was minding my own business, tending to my father-in-law's sheep, and you are never going to believe what happened. There was this bush, and it was on fire. And, and it was weird because it was on fire, but it wasn't burning. And then I heard a voice. I heard a voice crying out, and it was saying my name. My name, Moses. And so I did the only thing I knew to do and just say, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> and the voice that came from the bush told me to take off my sandals because I was on holy ground. You see, this voice was the God of our fathers. It was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of all of those stories you've heard growing up. That is what this voice is. So I was terrified. I hid my face. I, I could not believe that I was in the presence of Yahweh, God Almighty. And finally, he said, I've heard the cries of my people. I've taken notice of the misery that they are in in Egypt, and I'm going to rescue them and finally bring them to the land that I promised them all those years ago. You know, I imagine Moses looking at his grandchildren and saying, you see, it was God who noticed, not me. And you're never going to believe what he asked me to do next. He asked me to go back to Egypt. He invites. Listen to uh, Exodus 3, 10 through 15, if you don't mind. Actually, read that in a second. Um, no, I'm going to go ahead and read it. No, we'll wait. <clears throat> he invites us, right? He invites us into this place, into his redeeming love. Even though I've messed up, even though I have murdered someone, even though I wasn't attentive, God is still calling me. God is still sending me. God is still inviting me to participate into something bigger, into something um, larger than I could possibly imagine. And he's saying, partner with me. Join me in this mission. So now, listen to Exodus 3, 10 through 15. It says, so come. I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? 
He said, I, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. So paraphrasing Moses just a little bit, he says, God, who, who am I that I would be invited into this? Who am I to do this and it's as if God says to him, that's just it. You're asking the wrong question. God says, I am. I am going to do this. I am the one who is going to rescue. And so God rescues, right? Let's read or listen to the story here in Exodus chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. And the Lord says, go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me saying that I have given heed to you to what has been done to you in Egypt. I declare that I will bring you up out of, misery, out of your misery in Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, a lot of fun words right there, and a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice. And you and the elders of Israel, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord your God, the God of the Hebrews, has met us. Now let us go on a three day journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifices, make sacrifices to God. And I know, however, the king of Egypt, he's not going to let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand. And strike Egypt with all of my wonder that I will perform in it. And after that, he will let you go. I will bring this people into such favor with the Egyptians that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. Each woman shall ask her neighbor and any woman living in that neighbor's house for jewelry and for gold and for clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and your daughters and you shall plunder the Egyptians. And so Moses, he, he's been told, he told Moses to go to the people of Israel and tell them the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has heard the cries of his people, that he is going to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians, that he is going to be the one that delivers the land that was promised so long ago. And that's what you must embrace. I didn't rescue. Moses didn't rescue. God did. He took my mistake and invited me. He invited me to become part of the rescue mission. You hear that? 
He invited Moses to be a part of the rescue mission. So, in a sense, we become. And that's where we are. The rescue continues. The world is still crying out, still desperate, still discouraged, and still in despair, and still in need of God. A God who remembers the covenant with his people from long ago. You and I, we are still in need of rescue, and we're invited into this ongoing rescue mission. And so you and I become, we become people of rescue, like Moses, making ourselves available, which is what the first question was about that we began this whole thing with. That was from last week. Are we making ourselves available to God? Are we making ourselves available, more specifically, to God's mission? I might say it this way. Israel is not the only people to suffer from spiritual amnesia. We must be reminded this is who we are. This is our identity. We are people who have made mistakes. We are people who are going to continue to make mistakes. We can't rescue anyone on our own. But God uses every one of us on his ongoing rescue mission. And because he remembers We take notice. We take notice because we are of a people of a covenant. You see, we notice the cries of our community. We notice the cries of our neighbors. We notice the cries of our families, the cries of our fathers, of our mothers, the cries of our sons and our daughters. We notice the cries of our brothers and sisters sitting next to us in this very room. We take notice. And because we take notice, we invite. We invite others to the rescue because it's a story worth retelling over and over again. We recite. We claim. And you and I, we do our best to live the story of Jesus. And so if you think about it, our role, we help people remember. We remind others that we're still part of an on going story. And this, friends, is the intentional antidote to amnesia. We sing the songs. We provide an inventory of the reoccurring grace of God. We say, come and see. We help people make connections to the experiences and commitments from the past. And we meet people where they are because God meets people where they are. And because God has met us where we are. And because God is a God who walks with us as we wander through the wilderness. We remind people that God still restores people and communities, and that God still joins us, even when, maybe especially when, we have forgotten who we are. And in doing so, we do our very best to describe that voice coming from that burning plant Because in God's voice, you and I hear the promise and the call, and it's there that we find our identity. We describe this voice of redeeming love, of unconditional love that continues to speak into the lives of people through Jesus and his way of life. And you and I invite people to remember his covenant with us. And in doing so, you and I refuse to pass on the amnesia. And then we join the rescue mission. 
we join the rescue mission. We, re- we join the redeeming story, the story that's been unfolding for thousands of years, the story that has been written in you and in me, the story of Abraham, the story of Isaac, the story of Jacob, the story of Moses, the story of Jesus lived out in our world today. You see, our world is in need of rescue. Our world is in need of rescue. They are crying out in desperation and despair. And God is in the business of rescuing his people. That is his mission, calling his people to join alongside him in his rescue. You see, it's not I who rescue. As the theologian Henry Nouwen once said, it is God who heals, not I. It's God who speaks words of truth, not I. It's God who is Lord, not I. And what we learn from the story of Moses is that it's God who rescues, not I. So the question remains, if it'll click over, you guys can take that next one. Where are you, where are we in the story? This ongoing story, this continued narrative that extends for thousands of years. We put some pretty bold words up there to kind of reflect God himself or God as this ultimate being that says, I am the one who remembers my covenant. And as a result of that, I am the one who invites you into this process. And as a result of you being invited to this process, you become part of who I am. So, because God is a missional God, we are missional people. That's our identity. That's who we are. That's kind of the setup of where we're going to be going with this entire conversation, this entire year, and how it plays out with us. So the question remains, where are you and where am I in this story? Are we like Moses and are we still running from the invitation to join God? Are we still hiding? Um, Are there things in our lives that have become so troublesome and so damaging that we have forgotten who we are? Maybe sometimes it's easier to forget who we are because of the pain that's linked to so many of those memories. But where are you in this story? Maybe you're reflecting for the first time thinking, I've never thought about it that way. Maybe maybe it is a bigger part of my identity. And then you begin to look around, and as God takes notice, you become a person who takes notice of the world and the people all around you. Everybody you interact with, everybody you speak to, everybody you see, everybody you host a relationship with, you begin to notice, and it repeats itself. And you can begin to invite, and you can help others realize who they are if they have forgotten. So if you're here today, and maybe, you, maybe I haven't even mentioned one of those phases that you might find yourself in. Maybe you just need encouragement and a little nudge. A little nudge to say, no, no, this is really who you are, therefore this is what our life looks like. Maybe you're thinking, maybe I think I want to be involved in this. Maybe I want to know more about this mission and about this Jesus and about this covenant. Whatever those reasons may be, maybe you're in a troublesome season where you are wondering and maybe forgetting a little bit about where you've been and who you are. Those are all the reasons that we come into this space to equip each other 
to go back out of this place and to be involved in this mission. If you have any needs that we could possibly meet this morning, please come as we stand and sing.